Hello there, my friend. My name is Roy Jacobs, and I'm the host of the Radical English Gentleman podcast. On this podcast, we get people from all different walks of life, all different backgrounds to come in and debate. With the values of the podcast being pro-freedom above all else. Anyway, I hope you all do enjoy this episode. Alright guys, so today, welcome to episode 6 of the Radical English Gentleman podcast. Today we have an amazing guest, um, all the way from America. So, so happy that he can be here today, absolutely incredible. Um... Yeah, and it's, this is the biggest, biggest guest I've ever had on the show, so it's pretty amazing. So thank you for being here. But ladies and gentlemen, it is the one and only Heshi Tijda. So, uh, hey, by the way, I want you to know, I know you like my accent, but I love your accents, you know what I mean? <laughs> to us, you're funny. Uh, I appreciate it, I appreciate it. A lot of Americans do like the English accent, I find. It's weird. But here, a lot of English people don't like the American accent. It's kind of a weird dynamic. Yeah, do you want to give an introduction, who you are, what you're about, what you do, and just everything, really? You know, um, I'm going to give you a quick history, uh, and not to waste your time. I was um, a young man, had things going real well. Um, My father passed away when I was 13 years old, and I I had an older brother who did some bad things to the family and took everything and thrust me into the uh, responsibility position of being the next older brother of mine. And I took that responsibility seriously. My father told me before he died to be responsible for not only my brothers and sisters, but my sister who has Down syndrome, who's still alive with me for 40 years. And through the years, I've learned and I've grown to see my fellow man, see what it is. You know, we, when somebody dies, and one of your friends, you look at them funny, they're missing somebody, they're not whole, we try to be nice to them. And when it happened to me, I knew everybody looked and I had to be responsible. And through the years, I saw a lot of people while I was in high school and boarding school, how I took responsibility for others. And then finally, I got married and I saw the life. Uh, and I've been on the street, I seen people in jail, young kids doing drugs, friends of mine committing suicide, Um, kids living on the street, young girls doing bad things. And um, these things bothered me. And I thought I could maybe change the world as a young man like you. I thought I could change it, but it wasn't so easy. And I was, for the last 35 years, me and my beautiful wife, Linda, have been behind the scenes. We do our jobs, we have our businesses, we fight with the city. I keep getting arrested, as you know, I don't know if you read. (laughs) Yeah. And they tell lies about me. And sometimes these lies are pretty good. I'm planning on writing a book. Instead of telling the truth, I'm going to use these lies. They look great in my book. Really, you're going to see mystery. You're going to think I'm flying at the end of my book. But um, I've done things behind the scenes. And, uh, and I don't like sometimes when other people make people suffer, you know, for no reason. You know, you want to be rich, fine. You want to be poor, you want to struggle, you want to make money, you want to study, you want to go to college. I don't mind. You want to be religious, you don't want to be religious. My job is in this world is to leave our fellow man alone. That's what it is. Let the next man uh, do what he has to do. Freedom, Canada, America, Australia, Europe. We're living in the 21st century. You understand? I know you millennials don't understand where we came from. I am in the middle. I'm not really a baby boomer. Uh, I I was born during that time. I'm not a millennial. I'm not really Generation X because I've seen all of it. And I'm I'm hip. 
because I, I, I was part of the 80s and the 70s and the 60s and the 90s. We've seen so much change, so great that this, not the nation of America, the world, the people, when they stick together, we could do great things. Anyways, just a little guy, and me and Linda took in 21 children off the street through the years. We worked with the parents. Um, we failed a few times. We worked in the hospitals. We volunteer. We volunteer at the jails. We try to bring people home and do things. We're community activists, plus we do our regular jobs. I'm also trying to be funny from time to time. I have a radio show, and I go to a lot of weddings, a lot of our mixes, and a lot of speaking events. That's what we do. Me and Linda try to bring people better up. We visit them in their homes on the Sabbath. Uh, we try to visit the sick. We have a soup kitchen. We feed 141 families every week. Um, these are the things that you're supposed to do, the little things. I teach that to the young kids today and my children. Go bring somebody a bottle of milk. During the pandemic, I had like 100 volunteers just going to two or three homes, bottle of milk, case of water, nothing major. Bottle of what do you need? We can't do everything. And we were successful of doing good, and you grow from there. About four years ago, when my mother passed away, we had a bunch of idiots running for office. And we knew they'd be idiots, but I lost. I was not a no-name. I'm behind the scenes. When you, you call me when you're in jail, you call me if your child runs away, you call me if uh, somebody's sick to get into the hospital. That's when I'm really called if somebody kidnaps your child, and I've been involved with a few of those. Wow. My job is to go find them. These are what I do. And now, I've when they close my parks, they closed my city. They closed people. They locked them in their homes like animals and prisoners. I took my bulk cutters. I'm a contractor. Cut the locks. The police love me in my neighborhood. The mayor is an idiot. He arrested me. But I kept my schools open, my parks open, my synagogues, churches, and mosques, my, my stores. You know, you come to me, you'll see my video. We had a big wedding last night with no masks. I went last year during the pandemic to 104 weddings. I go to speaking events. I'm in the hospital. Yes, I took the back shot. I gave in because I want to continue doing good. And it doesn't affect me. I don't really care. It did hurt my wife. I made a mistake. My wife was affected badly by it. I've seen a lot of people get sick. You know what? I have to dance with the devil sometimes. I go to jails, I bring people home, and sometimes I make deals with these politicians. So now I'm going to be running for office. I lost bad last time because everybody says I'm crazy. Well, <laughs> I don't know why. I guess the papers. But you know what? If you ever come to my house on a Saturday and you see 10 people, kids and adults eating and letting me speak or come to one of my speaking events or see me, you know, in two or three minute videos, you can't really judge me. But again, my accomplishments... I'm not bragging, don't get me wrong, I'm nothing compared to these big guys. What I am is a teacher that understands that if I do good and you look up to me, you know, I have a politician now doing something bad. Cuomo, I told everybody he would go to jail. De Blasio is gone, I don't know how, even though he arrested me twice. Here's my deal. They look up to you, you're responsible. You think I don't want to sit on the beach all day and drink pina coladas, sit in my bathing suit? Yes, I'm pretty fat, won't look so good to you guys. But I want to also chill. But if you take on a responsibility and the young children or the young adults or the other young couples look up to you, you're responsible. You took on a responsibility like I took on 21 kids, like I took on this soup kitchen. You just can't go on vacation. It doesn't mean you close down shop one day. You have to be responsible. I have 14 employees now. You know, you have to be responsible to pay their pays. And this is what I do. Who, I, who is Heshi Tischler? Nobody special. I don't have wings. I don't fly around. What I do is 
I know how to protect myself. So I teach others how to protect them or I will be there to be protected. You know, I was a kid. Um, I lived in Bensonhurst. You don't know what that is. There was a lot of, in the 70s, a lot of anti-Semitism. My father watched, marched with Martin Luther King. Wow. He told me there's no such thing as a black man, white man, Asian man, really. My father, did, he says there's only one kind of a man, a man. And I've always believed that. I've always believed that. We've taken in black children in my home, Asian, uh, Latino. I know you're looking at me like, oh, wow. Yes, I even took in a Muslim girl. And I used to go to the mosque where I couldn't take in the synagogue. I believe, give everybody a chance, and they will reward you. And I, I know I'm talking a lot where you want to ask questions, but this is who I am. And I believe I have 15 cats in my house because sometimes I have kids sleeping on the floor. I don't have a fancy house like you do. I think my kitchen is smaller than your room there. But what we do is we use every inch, we squeeze them in, and I believe, I believe that this is a, we've come so far to take all these steps back. You know, I'm a father, I'm now a grandfather, foster father, our uncle to 110 children. I've helped so many people through my lifetime. You're going to tell me to wear a mask? You're going to tell me how to take care of myself and force me to doing a vaccine or medicines? We all get sick. We all go to our doctors. I go to my doctors all the time. You think my doctor doesn't want to tell me? He doesn't tell me to lose weight all the time? I don't listen to him all the time. Of course I got to lose weight. We have to do the things we do. You want to do bad? Do bad. I can't stop you. Your job is to fight your urges, fight your cravings, fight your addictions. Not all of us win. I have young children. I had 102 suicides last year. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sad. I, 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 I try. You know, we have kids in our youth center that are lost, young girls that are lost. Um, I try. I, I, I think I'm pretty cool with them. I have adults that are going through some terrible times, families that are struggling, and I'm one of the lucky ones. So who's Heshi Tischler? Just a guy comforting somebody, making a good joke, going to the events, standing with my fellow man. Whether you know, you know who was on my show last week, Rory? Hey. The pastor Arthur Pulowski from Calgary, who stood up against your police officers, screamed Nazi Nazi in Canada. My hero. Is that the Here's guy you guy. had on your show recently? Is that Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Last I watched week, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was great. He was he's that is a Superman. That is a man who is not scared. Me, I can always run away. He can never run away. He has a flock. He has people to answer to. I believe every man has the courage and the power to do what they're supposed to do. And if you do it and you stand up and you're willing to take it, remember, my son, you're a young boy. I don't know how old you guys are. 18. Okay. okay. <laughs> but you know what? I was there at that age, and I know what it is that I am going to answer to the Holy Maker. Not soon. I'm not going yet, baby. I'm not ready. But I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be answering the questions. I'm going to say, yes, I went to jail. It's not good to go to jail. Don't cause trouble. But if you have to stand in the line of fire, there are firemen, there are policemen, there are ambulance people. There are so many people that do this for us every day. What, for me to stand and scream and holler, they put me in line for jail? Try not to do anything too bad, even though I know a lot of bad things. You know, the other day I had a woman that was, um, I, I don't want to tell it to young people, but she was hurt very badly by her husband. And we snuck her away and we, we put her in hiding and the police came and we didn't want to involve the police because once the police are involved, it becomes a whole big show. 
We handle it ourselves. We watch our fellow man. Yes, if somebody has to be punished, they should be punished. And of course, serve their time and then you give them another chance. We have to do the best we can, Rory. And me, all I do is the best I can. And I try to, every night I get home, I still have my beautiful wife of 32 years. She's not a good cook, but she has a lot of money. So I'm happy. Uh, she loves the fat guy. I don't know why. She calls me handsome every morning. You know that? Every morning. Am I handsome? Yeah, yeah. You get $2 for that. <laughs> Not Canadian dollars, American dollars. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm quiet now. Go ahead and ask your questions. I think um, I talked to a lot of the audience. No, that was amazing. Um, like a lot of, you know, inspiration to a lot of young people listening to this. Um, like I think kindness and just helping people is so like it's part of life isn't it i think it's a it's also another key to happiness like if you're helping people you're helping people who need it i think that's kind of a core element of what it is to be like a human being and i think a lot of people focus on themselves and not other people a lot of the time especially with like younger people i i definitely know a lot of young people who are quite you know self-orientated and i think um you know having you here today um took speaking the wisdom i think will inspire a lot of people because when i heard you on um tim paul's show like, i was i was really inspired by listening to that i really was like it's amazing it's it's growing it's not only taking care of others of course you have to take care of yourself most importantly if you're not healthy and you're not good we have troubles but don't forget whatever you're going through other people have experienced it too so you've learned how to help other people I want you to be rich and successful and, and have a beautiful model wife. Um, and hopefully she cooks good, not like my wife. But uh, you have to understand that doing good is 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 not a requirement. It's, it's a responsibility that if you're a God-fearing man, nothing to discuss. Even if you're not God-fearing and you don't believe in God, we work together. You know, America... What the English for the war, you know, for 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 the country when we um, when we came up, and then of course we had the civil war. We have many wars here, but on our main soil we had two big wars. When we had to rebuild, people couldn't do it alone. We did it with our neighbors. We rebuilt a great nation, and it wasn't only here. If you noticed Europe, when it was burnt, destroyed after World War II, all the nations of the world stood together, and it's beautiful. You ever go to the Eiffel Tower? You should go when you get when you have a chance. Go to the Louvre. Go to so many wonderful sites in this world that we rebuilt or we saved. Even when we're at war, we're careful of these special gifts we're given, and we have to always acknowledge that. Always know that. You're given a gift, can't take it away so fast. Don't let them take it away. You know, I was given a gift 32 years ago, my beautiful wife. God gave it to me for no reason. I should have never married her. And, and I keep her precious every day. Again, she doesn't know how to cook. But <laughs> she's precious. My children, keep whatever you can. I mean, I'm not telling you you can't get divorced or you can't have a fight or you can't have a breakup. But if you could try to hold everything precious, like breathing, no one thing. At the end of the day, you're not taking anything with you. My mother died at 94. She didn't take anything with her. She struggled through life. My father was in the Holocaust. He built back a future. He didn't take anything with him. So I just want you to know, um, you, the only thing you take with you is your legacy. I don't even need a legacy. Trust me, I don't need to be famous. I just want to 
help others. And I want to make sure the same way you're not tyrannized, you're not tortured, Rory. This way, if I protect you, you'll protect me. And I hate tyranny. I was a little boy in a bad neighborhood growing up. They used to come chase the Jews with dogs. Oh, wow. They used to attack us. And I was a little small kid. I was four foot seven. Uh, maybe, I know you're not going to believe this, maybe 130 pounds, 140 pounds. And then I got 13 and 14 and 15. I shot up to five, four, five, seven, 240 pounds, 250, my brother. And we fought back. And they saw you could fight back. Fight for what's right, because if not, they'll come after you. And if you don't protect the little ones that are being bullied, they're going to bully you. And, I've, and I'm never going to let them bully anybody. And I'm hoping that people will protect me. And when I came home from jail, I had a nice, nobody voted for me last time, but I had a nice, and wherever I go, people treat me nicely, smile to me. They, lift, they laugh at my jokes, even though they're not funny, Rory. <laughs> they really are. I believe they're funny, but my wife doesn't. Um, well, yeah, that, that was amazing. Like, um, the wisdom you're, you're saying there, um, re really appreciate it. Um, I take up all your time. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, well, I mean, if you ever come to New York, do you ever come to New York? Uh, well, maybe we're not with the vaccine mandates and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> well, when you come to New York, pop over to the house. I'll make you some chicken cutlets. Love that. Love that. I, I, I do want to go there, but, um, with all the vaccine stuff, it will be quite difficult, I think, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so uh, I want to ask you what's actually happening in New York because you had you had Cuomo who obviously you had the nurse was it the care home scandal and then all the sexual assault claims um, and then I'm I'm just trying to pick up what actually happened with New York like what's the situation we had we had this stupid mandate and he went after the nursing homes telling him that um, you could take people in and family members don't have to watch you. I've been working in the hospitals for 32 years as a volunteer. And when you don't have family members there, they, they, even though the staff tries their best, they mistreat you or you get forgotten and you die. And I fight to get people into the hospitals. So Cuomo just didn't care about proper policy. He, he just made up his own policy and people were dying. 1,400 people in my hospital till we protested and screamed. And we get them visitors. We get them people to sit with them. He also is a pig. I knew about the sex scandal. I was one of the first ones to tell Lindsey Boylan, who I endorsed, to go in and get him. He's a pig. And God punished him because he didn't care about somebody else's soul. He was a governor that needed power, who wanted to be president. And he was never going to be, and God took it all away from him. De Blasio, a dumbbell that just learned the word emergency power as a mandate, and really nobody listened to him too much. He's gone now. He shut down New York for a couple of months till I started cutting the locks, till I went against him, and then everybody woke up. Then he gave in. He's gone. He tried to run for governor, but he knew he's a joke, a fool. So is New York in trouble? Some areas are scared. We have a new mayor now that I'm not sure of. I thought he'd be better. I thought he'd give up on these mandates and a new governor. Is New York City in trouble? I don't know. My neighborhood is not. We're going to fight. We're going to fight hard. We've taken our vaccines. We, a lot of us, we, we, we're, stores are open. We're not masking. We're not, we were taking our fines, but we're going to fight. Parts of New York are scared, and we're going to try to keep, you know, we had a big uh, uh, demonstration in Washington yesterday. Yeah, I saw tens that. Of thousands, saw that. Yeah, tens yeah. of thousands mm. of people came, and we're going to show them. It wasn't, we know they're not going to listen to us. 
We just want to show the government we don't care and we will stand up and we know you're full of crap. And uh, we're going to, we got rid of two idiots. We have two new losers, <laughs> but we have to suffer with them for a while. We have a big governor's race coming up this year. Like Governor DeSantos of Florida, we have three great candidates. We have Hochul, that's an idiot who's a Democrat. She's going to be, you know, the governor that inherited the spot. But we have Andrew Cuomo, uh, uh, Derek Gibson. Um, so these are uh, wonderful men that I've personally met. We have other candidates. But these two guys are just out of this world. And I think that if any of them get in, we New York will change. They will stop the craziness. And that's what we need. We need somebody to stop the craziness. And I'm hoping again with the midterm elections that we have, that means we vote for all new senators and congressmen. Maybe we get a good change. And, and again, they go, I'm a Democrat, but I am now hoping the Republicans win because we've lost it. We have people acting crazy. Um, new York, they pit, they pit us one against another. People screaming at each other in the street, wearing a mask, people attacking one another, people coming to my house to beat me up. Um. We, we, we're going to change that. We're bringing the city back out and we're going to continue working hard. And I, and, I, and I hope you guys who are looking in at us see that we know our government's a bunch of sickos, but the people are good and we are going to do the right thing. Last and we're not dropping like flies in the street. Uh, we're less than 1% Corona and Omni. Hospitals are not full for months. Mm. All the numbers and all what they're telling you is lies. We're not running around the streets killing, shooting, raping people. <laughs> we have our crime. We have our crime. We have our criminals. We have 8 million people living there, so people do lose it. This is a great city. Come on down. We're great. Our people are great. Um, we just have some people in charge who think they own us, but you have that anywhere, you know, especially in Canada too. Well, I mean, it's, it sounds it sounds quite you know dystopian stuff there, and in in the whole of the U.S., New York is one of the most like authoritarian places, isn't it? Is that true? Yeah, I mean, we are the center of the universe, really, and what we do, people look at us, and I'm ashamed sometimes of what we've done. Our leaders who represent us, uh, not the people, and the, rep the the leaders who make us do certain things. And we're going to fix that. I mean, uh, uh, people are moving out of town. People are going to Florida. I'm never leaving. I've been here all my life. I fought for what I have. It's like you fight and build and study. You finally get what you want and you think I'm just going to run away because they think they're going to take me away. No, they're going to carry me out of a body bag out of this city. <laughs> Amazing, I, lo I love that because here we don't have, we don't have that many people fighting here. I mean, we've just we've just ended restrictions, which was which, which is this Thursday, I think, um, which, which is pretty good, and we're actually quite quite an icon now for the world, you know, because a lot of places like New York are so you know strict, and you got what's happening in Europe, forcing people to get injected, Austria, Australia, it's crazy. Um, but do you want to talk about the place you were yesterday? Because that was March Against the Mandates. For anyone who doesn't know, it's pretty much... Um, you, yeah, you explain it. You explain it. Well, you should go watch my... Uh, uh, tomorrow, to later today, I'll be posting justenoughheshi at gmail.com or justenoughheshi YouTube. Uh, I'll link it in the description it. below. I, will, check uh, I, will, I, will, I, I can't link it. I didn't do it yet. But I have justenoughheshi at YouTube, Facebook, uh, TikTok. We'll have a lot of little videos. 
We went to Washington to tell everybody we don't need masks. We went to Washington to tell them that the vaxxers are wrong. If somebody wants to get vaxxed, if somebody wants to wear a mask, it's their doctors to tell them to do it, not some stupid president. Our, what people don't understand, politicians are made to do the budgets, to run the taxes, to create laws, not to keep people safe, but to keep people organized. You know, that we should all be able to have sanitation departments so we don't get sick. We, have, uh, we should have medical facilities and hospitals to cure the ill, not to make decisions about the ill. You know, we, they are there to organize and run a team. We have 370 government officials, I mean, uh, uh, city uh, employees. It's like out of this world, and some of them are double and triple thing there. So we went to Washington, all over this country, to tell them, we don't need you. Go do your job, do your budget, collect the funds, create a military to protect us. That's what your job is, just to protect our borders, go around the world and give donations, whoever is poor or hungry, send them funds, figure out a way to make people's quality of life better. But don't make laws to mandate us, subjugate us, hold us down, hold us back, lock us up. I couldn't believe we were locked up for three months. I couldn't believe they closed my parks. I couldn't believe of the deaths that were happening because they wanted it, not because it was happening. We have a guy, Fauci, you know him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The man is an idiot. I watched yesterday 10, 15 doctors telling us the lies. I've listened to reports throughout the last year and a half of different doctors coming up with cures. I never got COVID. I've been trying to get it. I took the vax, I took the cream, I took the flu shot. Take care of yourself, wear a coat, be at home, take your medicine when you're not feeling well. And if you have the sniffles, stay at home. That's mm. it. There's nothing more I can tell you. That's pretty amazing stuff there. Um, it, it was definitely impressive looking at it. I think there were 50,000 there, I think. So it's quite a, quite a turn. I thought it was even more, but yeah, there mm. was a lot of people. It was great. I drove there four hours, five hours to get home. And when I got home, I went to a wedding. Um, <laughs> with no masks love that um and you were talking about like parks and how they were shut and i saw that um story in new york and how the jewish community in new york was being like singled out out of every um demographic was that by cuomo i can't remember was yes it? you see the jewish community tries not to make too much noise we were quiet, we're within ourselves, we've built our own communities, we've been tortured, anti-Semitic, uh, uh, so many things have happened to us. Before we came to America in the Holocaust, when we got here, a lot of the Jews were uh, uh, prejudiced against, and uh, uh, it was just terrible. And we've created, not like communities, but we've created like many cities, where we've taken over the stores, we've paid the price, we've shared the burden with one another. We've we've helped each other buy our own businesses, our homes. We've helped each other build them. We live in 30, 40 square block areas of, of, of synagogue schools where we help one another. Uh, then we've built other neighborhoods around the city and we try not to, anybody wants to come and we let them come shopping in our stores or whatever. So Cuomo knows that we don't argue, we don't ask for much. We ask for a little bit of entree, a little dessert, but we never ask for the big piece of the pie. He came after us because he thought we'd be quiet, and we were. He kept coming after us. And I just said, enough is enough, man, because you kept bothering me and my children and the kids on my block. And I fought back, and um, I beat him. I beat him, I beat Blasio, 
and uh, I'm going to continue to fight because if we don't and we give up, we just, it's not good. I'm telling you, it's not good and it's never good. And, and we are inspirations for our children, for you. And I'm happy that I'm able to do good. I'm happy. I'm surprised. I'm happy I was able to accomplish something. And if my day ends tomorrow or my time ends tomorrow, I'm happy. So that's very inspirational, that is. Um, amazing words. Um, I want to ask you about... Um, oh, sorry, I forgot what I was, I forgot what I was thinking there. Um, let, I want to talk about um, Donald Trump, right? Because when you went on um, Tim Pool's show, uh, you, you did support Donald Trump at that current stage. And I'm just interested, um, do you still support Donald Trump? He was the president of the United States. He did a great job. Uh, I would love him to be president again. But you have to understand, anybody who's my president, I support. Now, I don't like Biden. I don't like the job he's doing, but he is my president. There's nothing I can do about it. Donald Trump was my president, and I loved what he was doing. Uh, I think he would have done much more, but again, we get jealous of other people. Donald Trump is an intelligent, amazing New Yorker who moved to Florida now, but he's a man who used his brains, accomplished from the ground up, did nothing bad. Um, uh, he's just a man who's accomplished great things. And I'm so proud when he got to be president, he did it as a man. He didn't do it as somebody that you looked up to be a powerful man, the most powerful man on the planet. He didn't think he was the most powerful man on the planet. He said, I'm a regular guy who's going to work 18-hour days and get the job accomplished and not scare people off. And he talked to people like regular people. He came to our events. He had meetings. So do I support, I support Donald Trump, who was president. I support him as a man. And I support him in the next election against Biden. But... Biden is my president, bottom line. So I support whoever is in office because I want America to be great no matter under whose leadership. You know, I work with uh, companies that have bad leadership, bad managers, but my job is to help them or help homeowners or help landlords uh, who've screwed up their lives to do better. So we have to support who's in, who's in charge. And if we don't want them in charge, we get rid of them. And that's what we're going to do. We don't hurt them. We get rid of them. <laughs> Right, interesting um, like comments about Trump there. I'm I'm just curious because from my perspective, I'm not a big fan of Trump, right? Um, and you know, look at like a lot of people here do hate him in England for sure. Um, uh, you said you said he he didn't do any wrong. Do you think um we talk about the election, right? Because that that was quite a major thing um in the US like the US election. I'm curious what what are your thoughts on um, January 6th, um, and him saying the election was stolen. I agree. I, I saw a lot of uh, fraud going on. I can't prove any of it, but I did see a lot of fraud, mistakes. I mean, we have elections for 200-something years in this country. Uh, we have computers. I know if my computer goes down or you and I go down, if we're not perfect right now, we're going to have a bad interview. How do elections have many different local sites that their polls are down, their computers are down, their internet is down, they don't have full-time maintenance men there? He's right. If one vote is not correctly counted, that is a bad election. One. And you're talking it's happening all over the country. Now, January 6th, 
I was there. The guys wanted to get into the Capitol. They're entitled to get into government buildings. They should have been allowed to see what was going on or put on a screen. They went a little crazy and they pushed their way in. I don't think anybody got hurt. Some I mean, people, we, I'll, had, I'll go. we had five people die. We had five people mm. die. Correct. And it was because people acted in haste and people fight all the time. He didn't do anything wrong. He told the people to come together. It took him a little too long to stop them. You know what? Um, January 6th was not a crime of terrorism, crime against mutiny of the nation. We screwed up. A bunch of people hurt other people when they shouldn't have. But we belonged in the Capitol. It belongs to us. You should have controlled it. You should have guards. And, and people were let in, you know. I happened to be there, and I was just leaving town. Matter of fact, I was on my way to the White House and mm. stopped because of what happened, and I went home. Uh. But... Uh, I believe we're all entitled to go to all of our government buildings. But January 6th was not a crazy time. It went a little nuts at the end, and they're abusing their privileges like the Russian collusion. You believe there was a Russian collusion? In the beginning, you English people thought it was real. No, I, It was never no. real. It was never real. Hmm. Donald Trump is a regular man, makes mistakes like the regular of all of us, like me. Ask my wife. We got a whole book like this at all. Hmm. Life is short, my son, and uh, we make mistakes, fix them, apologize, straighten up. I don't think Donald Trump has anything to apologize for. He might have done bad things in the past, not bad things, stupid things, and he apologized, and he learned. I mean, I, I think the stuff you're saying there, I, I'll, I agree English with... People, your English people should not be judging Trump. You should be looking at what he's done. You don't like the way he talks. You don't like his attitude. Don't talk to him. But he's the man in charge. You know, how many of us have bosses that are idiots, right? I'm a great boss. How many of us have bosses that are nasty, uh, who make bad comments? You're scared to lose your job. Go right down the list. Tens of thousands. Donald Trump is a man that got things done. He was a boss. And he gave tens of thousands of jobs out. People made millions and millions of dollars with him. However he did it, he made people wealthy and he, and, and he punished the people that tried to screw him. So don't do business with him. I never did business with Donald Trump. I didn't think that I could. You know, I bumped into him once. I was scared because his rules were pretty tough. And if you mess up, you wouldn't put up with it. And, um, and the people that I do, and I wish I would have done business with Donald Trump. I think I made a mistake not dealing with him because I could have been more successful quicker. Um, yeah. I mean that's pretty amazing. You you like you um like met Donald Trump. That's that's a claim to fame. But um like back onto like January six. Like I like when I hear people say like Trump had nothing to do with it. I think that's I, I don't think that's being honest really because he said right the election was stolen, um, and then there's you know storming into the Capitol to do with the election. When I look at that, I think. And I, and I think there's been a lot of fake stuff about Donald Trump, you know, uh, you know, colluding with Russia. There's been loads of fake news about him. When it comes to January 6th, to me, it seems like Trump is responsible because he said the election was stolen. Trump can say whatever he wants. And, uh, he, he, you know, Hillary Clinton also thought it was stolen in the beginning. Remember that? She yeah, yeah. It and she lost. Mm. Then she gave in. Yeah, yeah. Donald Trump said it was stolen. But again, he transferred power. 
We do that in America. We transfer power without any problems. But but he kind of he kind of didn't. He still says today it's stolen. He can say whatever he wants, but he still gave up the presidency. No, but legally, you know? but legally, like what is it? Pence he, certified he, he it. Tried, and... he tried to fight it legally, and he lost. Mm. You know, people go to I have people that don't want to pay rent. You know, and it's wrong. They've stolen money. I've had people who've done damages to other people. I sue them. Sometimes I win. Sometimes I lose. But even though I lose, I still believe I'm right. This judge decided differently. He felt he was right. We, the judge and the people, showed him that he was wrong. He has to follow a system. Trump, follow. he can say whatever he wants. You can say that I'm too fat, which is true. Uh, but, you know, uh, the point is, is you can say whatever you want. Donald Trump has said they stole the election from him. He thinks they did it wrong. He didn't really come up with a plan how to win the next time around. And you can see New York City just approved 800,000 non-citizens, non-citizens to vote. All you have to do is come live here for 30 days and you can vote. Come on down, Rory, and you can be part of the next election. That is not the right way of doing things. That is wrong. That's called stealing the next election. And uh, again, it's the law is the law. There's nothing I can do about it, but I still believe it's trying to steal the election. So Donald Trump, he can say whatever he wants. He was the president. He felt he was cheated. He's a regular guy. He said, but again, let's look at the bottom line. He turned over the presidency to Biden. I mean, he did. He didn't have to. He was. He don't have to. According to our nation, he doesn't have to. He could have taken control. He could have done martial law. We do a transfer of power without, and that's why it's that's why we only do it as a civil, never military. Military is not allowed to be involved. It's a friendly transfer of power, and if it's not transferred properly, then it doesn't get transferred. Remember, when we transfer power from president to president, even though the guy is elected and certified, the old president must transfer power, must leave. That is the rule. And if he doesn't leave, that's why we only have 46 presidents. Because it's done properly, it's done in a civil matter, and the people put in charge and that we elect understand that they will have to give up power sooner or later. Well, I'm, I'll, I think I'll move on from um, January 6th, because the way I look at January 6th is I look at it as, um, as you called it, I do believe in some way it was a form of terrorism. I thought, you know, when people say they let, they let. <laughs> Stop it, Rory. 50 guys ran into the field. Nah, nah, he nah, got pissed. Nah. Come on, Rory. You've been part of football games where guys <laughs> run onto the field and freak out in different cities. Is that called terrorism? The answer is no. No, but I think there's, there's a massive difference. guys that were pissed. They were standing outside. They wanted to see what was, was going like, on. It was like 2,000. There were a lot more no, than 50. No, there was no 2,000. Yeah, I would say. I'd, yeah, I would say. Maybe, maybe 1,000. But there was, was definitely a lot. They only arrested a few people. Listen, a couple of hundred maybe. Listen, these guys did wrong. Uh, nobody's saying. It's like them running into my house without permission. I think it's a lot more, though. I think they were certifying the election. They didn't have guns. They didn't have bombs. They weren't out to kill anybody. I mean, terrorism means you're going to destroy. What they did was they went to cause havoc. Not destruction. Not murder. They caused havoc. 
we sometimes all cause havoc. Come on, you know, you go to a meeting, you start screaming. You, they called me uh, um, a heckler. I went to a news conference and they came in to my town and did it illegally and I stopped them. And they said, I'm doing something illegal. What illegal? You came to my park, you made a news conference, I'm not gonna let you do it here, it's my park. You came to embarrass me during the holidays. So I'm a heckler, maybe I'm a terrorist because I came in and rushed into a park and stopped them. I cut the locks and I went into city parks. Maybe I'm a terrorist because I took a hundred kids in with me. Remember that. So maybe we're all terrorists. Okay. These are our parks. That is the law. That building was ours. They shouldn't have rushed in without permission. They should have asked for permission. There were cops there. You know, it's like security. You're right, but they're not terrorists. Rory, they're not terrorists. They're not gangsters. All right, they're not I, murderers. I don't think... They made a mistake. Yeah, I they're don't... Stupid. I don't think everyone, I don't think every person there was a terrorist, right? I think they're just, you know, protesting. They thought the election was rigged, even though I think that's completely wrong. But after the so 60 I Supreme Court. The election was correct. I mean, there were, you know, 60 court cases on it. There were multiple hearings and almost every single one. But anyway, uh, <laughs> and also I think like the people See, who America actually. Today, in America today, they did not win the court cases. They did not go through the court trial system. So you're making a mistake that there were these trials that said that they, 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 they invalidated the election. That is incorrect. We've had all these cases. What they were done is they were thrown out or dismissed on case law because there hasn't been a history of this. And you cannot, you have to show proof and you have to go through a procedure. And... Um, but isn't that a good thing? Because if you have a bunch of people come in with a certain opinion with not enough evidence to even get it through, then you shouldn't believe it. Judge, the judge ruled incorrectly. The judge has to put it to trial. No, but every judge. single judge, apart from one, which was like compromised. There was a few judges that ruled, and then the Supreme Courts. Listen, I can't give you an answer. I'm not a legal advisor, but I still believe it should have gone to one big trial to actually see. But again, election law in this country is a very serious thing. You only get two months to fight it. So the election judges, there are certain judges just made for elections. And there are lawyers who only work during election time. They make a lot of money. Those two, three months, they make more money than you and I make in four years. <laughs> because they know the system and they know it has to be resolved in two months. I have cases in court for four or five years, which is not right. Why can't we move it as quickly along as election law? Uh, yeah, so I want to talk to you about um, what's kind of going on for 2024 in America. So you got, obviously, Donald Trump, who still has, you know, uh, good support from people like you. Um, and you're looking, you're looking at the big picture of 2024. Look at 2022, what's going to happen this year. We have a big governor's race. Who's going to take over New York State in 2023 and a lot of elections. We have midterm elections this year who's going to be in charge in 2023. So these are stuff that that's very important because if the Senate and the Congress turn, President Biden really is dead, like they tried to hurt uh, uh, Donald Trump at the end of his, uh, of his election. Uh, so look at, you're looking too far into the future. You know, I always, you know, uh, uh, I don't know if you remember the song Yesterday by one of your favorite uh, singers. Who was that? Uh, I don't know. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, come on. <laughs> I have to know stuff from you people? <laughs> I'm bad with names. I don't know names. Really, but... Yesterday, like he said, was, was, was far away. 
tomorrow is, you know, is, is coming. Right now we have to live in for today. You wake up in the morning, Rory. I wake up every morning excited about the day. I know it's going to be a bad day. It's going to be a good day. You expect bad things, good things, funerals, uh, weddings, um, uh, new clothing, uh, people going to visit sick. And then, of course, you know, maybe tomorrow won't be as well. Yesterday was a bad day, but I know I wake up in the morning exciting that maybe I can fix things. Maybe it'll be a good day. I'm hopefully it's a good day. And when I get home at night, you know, sometimes I dream about getting home at 7, 8 o'clock at night after doing, you know, 14, 15 hours in the street. And I don't get home like last time, 11, 11.30. And we lay down like everybody else. We, 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 we thank God for our day. I live for today. I live that I know I'm going to accomplish for tomorrow. I plan for the future. Don't get me wrong. We always have to plan for our colleges, our tuitions, our schooling, what we're going to do, our marriage ceremonies. But you know what? Most people, they bump into each other, they fall in love, or they set up on a date, and they, and they get married. They don't know. They don't plan their wedding three years before they get married. You know what I mean? Or they even meet their person, even though I heard some people do. You're planning on Trump who did not announce yet. We hope he runs. We hope he's a candidate. There might be, he might not want to do it. Remember, he's a little bit older. Things change. Right now, worry about today, plan for tomorrow. Uh, I am right now very worried in America on the elections again, on the, my governor's race. Very important. Whoever's governor controls New York and can put Mayor Adams in his place. Uh, and I have friends with Derek Gibson and, and Andrew Giuliani, so I hope one of those guys win. Um, again, our Senate and Congress, right now it's just a bunch of animals in charge. Hopefully we'll become Republican and we'll make that change. Then we can go to the next level of president. Remember, president is the boss, but the bottom line is it's, it's the people that control him. It's the people that elect him in this country. So you're right, he's, he makes the, the emergency decisions, he sends us to war, he signs the, the order, he signs our check. But the bottom line is we do the work. We're the people. We, our constitution, our bill of rights, basically, I don't know about the rest of the world or all your countries or constitutions, it says here, we the people. I believe in that, we the people. We the people are in charge, me and my neighbors. So I'm not worried about tomorrow. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not 2024. Guys, get it out of your head. Because by the time 2024 comes, you can see 50 different things happen. Worry now about 2022. Worry about the stock market today. Worry about uh, investing in our future today so we could have a better tomorrow. So if we don't start today, you just dream tomorrow is going to happen. It's not going to happen. We're out working and plowing your fields today. And I've always worried about today. I worried about making sure somebody has a place to live and a job today so he can put away a few dollars and support or get married in the future. I teach a lot of kids go to college, even if you don't like it. The first four years are stupid. You can just sit there and close your eyes. You can be great. You can be valedictorian. You can have A's, you know, or you can just roll through it. But when you have your bachelor's degree, you're able to work tomorrow. Don't tell me I will get a job tomorrow. Don't tell me I will graduate. I want to see you graduate. I want to see you go to school. I want to see you get your GED. Once you graduate, then we can worry about tomorrow. Right now is so important. You know, when I was 16 years old, I was in school. 
And I had a friend who just hated school. And his name was Benny. And he ran away. He met a girl and he ran away. He ran away, he was ran away from home. And I remember him being in touch with me. I said, I'm locked up in the school. I can't wait to escape and run away. And one night, uh, I was a junior in school and he came with his car. He didn't even have a license. He just drove his car, kicked open the front door, said, Heshi, come on, jump with me. We're going to escape. We'll go down to Atlantic City and become dealers. It was a good laugh. And I, I went with him. I packed my little suitcase. I jumped in the car with him. And then after two, three blocks, I said, take me back. He said, why are you chicken? I said, no, I know that today is important and I want my high school diploma and I want to go on to college. And we had two different paths in life. He ended up marrying that girl. We went two different ways. We stayed friends for many years. Again, his life went in one direction and mine went in another. And it's it's the decisions we choose today. So don't be so worried about tomorrow. I know he wants to be a billionaire and he's going to be rich and he doesn't need school. I know a lot of people telling me you don't need it. Okay, but I know if I do something today, it might work for tomorrow. And again, you keep thinking 2024. Think 2022. You just got 2022 as a gift. Work on 2022, work on 2023, then come to me with 2024. Yeah, that's a good point, really, you know, um, like keep living in the moment a bit and uh, focusing on the close things, not, you know, long term. But I mean, as like someone who's English, we're kind of only in touch with the whole, you know, like the big elections. So to us, it's like, you know, it's kind of, that's what American politics is like, these big elections. Um, for you, the big elections for you is entertainment. You know, you guys like it to be entertained, and that's cute. It takes up a whole. That's why I believe at the next election, uh, pandemic is going to end, because right now, after the election was over, if you notice, during Donald Trump, we had the pandemic. We fought our locals, but it wasn't that crazy. Once Biden won, our politicians really started to rule. Mm. Uh, we always need something big. You know, in the 90s, we had the O.J. Simpson trial. Then we had the Lolita trial. Then we had other crazy stuff. We had um, uh, uh, Gore, the Gore campaign, you know, Gore and, and Bush uh, elections. Wow, the little hanging chats. People remember that. You guys don't remember the little things that we have in our cities. The beautiful arts, the museums, the paintings, the local elections of people doing good, helping tens of thousands of people, soup kitchens, all these little local news reporters, teachers, police saving one another. You're looking at entertainment. And that's what the world wants. They want something to be entertained. Remember, it used to be a small world. Everybody was by themselves. Now we're one big world, so we're looking for one big story. And you have these reporters. You're looking to be entertained. And, you know, I'm proud of England for breaking all their mandates. But again, you're looking for entertainment. I'm not looking to be entertained. But I'm looking to, of course, I'm looking to be entertained, but I'm also looking to be satisfied, not to be tyranny, to be entertained without people bothering me. You, you looked at a, a joke. The presidential election is a game with billions of dollars passing hands of people making money in a, in a year's time. Billions. You know, I work for four years and I don't make billions. It's a game. It's, it's, it's a reality show. And we have real life, you know, New York City budget is $96 billion. New York State budget's $212 billion. You want to be entertained with billions of dollars, look at the little things that are with billions. You're looking at a guy who has a race with a friend of his, Joe Biden and, 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 and Trump. 
You know the truth. They're both rich. They're both successful. Nothing will happen to them. Nobody will touch them. Trump has his security team. Biden has his security team. Barack Obama doesn't have to wear a mask when he walks around town and goes shopping and swimming at fancy hotels. They have this thing every year with all the rich people skiing and talking about changing the world. Come on, man. How come I can't be there? You know they're not wearing masks. How many of those people made parties during the pandemic? Mm. They break the rules. You're looking at a game. Get it out of your head. You young people are looking at the wrong picture. You, you, you're being missed. You're looking at a show. Look at, you know, you know, they have a show that I love very much in New York City called Survivor. Did you ever watch Survivor? No, no. A bunch of people thrown on an island and they have to survive and they vote one another off. And it's well produced. It's such a cool show. They talk about each other. But then when you watch all the little reels that you don't see, all the editing, you know, it's 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 not as great of a show as it really is. You know, you cut out the best parts and you cut it into an hour. I do the same thing with my editing. <laughs> always remember, always remember, my son, it's a game, it's a show. Till you see it, till you touch it, till you feel it, it doesn't count. And, and again, the presidential election, if that's the only thing you guys are looking at America for, America is much better than that. <laughs> We're here for, you know, America growing up was, a, was a, a, a sinful country. I'm an Orthodox Jew, as you know. Mm. And I have Christian friends. I, I've worked in the church, the mosque. We are a sinful country. We commit sins of, I don't want to tell you, of drugs and sex and kidnapping and murder. God should punish us, really. I believe that we are so bad with the sins that we commit. Sodom and Gomorrah has, wasn't as bad as we are today. But then again, I know God rewards this great country because of the kindness, of the compassion, of the charity we do. We support the whole world, you know that. We've built the world, we've given charity to the poor, to the indigent. We help one another, we have more soup kitchens. Um, uh, 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 welfare programs, housing programs. If you want to not live in the street and you want to be able to go out and work and you want to struggle, of course, you're not going to be rich. You do the minimal. You can at least survive in this country. And we are so great at, at helping somebody that God says, you know what? In, in the Jewish religion, it's called chesed, uh, doing good. And when and we and one of our main objectives in our Bible is to do chesed every day. And that's what we teach our children. We do so much of it, not only Jews, the Christians, the Muslims, the Buddhists, all these religions. You should see, I, I worked in black churches, that soup kitchens. I've worked with, with the gay community. I mean, I've worked with so many, giving away clothing, collecting clothing, the masks standing there with trucks and trucks of food to give everybody. <laughs> This is called kindness. This is called goodness. And when you do that, God watches you. That is what you should be looking at. <laughs> that is the show. But we look at the funny, funny Trump making fun of Biden and Biden calling Trump a name, Trump calling file a name, Camilla calling herself a name, you know, everybody, everybody acting stupid. You know, that's what you're looking at, the news conferences. I don't even watch them anymore. Uh... Yeah, well said. You you definitely made me think a bit there for sure because I I do focus a bit on um kind of quite relevant stuff actually to 
US politics maybe a bit too much. But if I had to ask you, right, because um, you've got Ron DeSantis on the rise in Florida, if I had to ask you, who would you vote for um, in in 2024 if it was to happen tomorrow? Because um, Ron DeSantis is definitely... Um, I, I'm not sure like how popular he is compared to Trump, but he definitely is um, becoming more popular. Who, like, out of the two, Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, what what are your thoughts? Who's your favorite? I love Ron DeSantis. I don't think he would run against Trump. I mean, if you want to really start talking politics, they would never be competitors. If anything, I think Trump would take DeSantis as vice president. But if anything, maybe Trump would step aside for the Santos. So that's our politics that's happening. That's a game we call. Uh, they did it with me too. So uh, do I choose between the Santos and Trump? There is no decision. It's going to be one or the other that runs against Biden. Um, do I choose the Santos over Biden? Yes. Do I choose Trump over Biden? Yes. Would I like to see Trump before the Santos run for president? Yes. And the reason is, uh, I wouldn't pick one. If they were both running for election, I wouldn't know what to choose. But they can't run against one another. I mean, they could for the nomination. But Trump, I think, would be uh, a, a game, would be a funnier uh, show for you. You'd have a good laugh, Trump, against Biden. The Santos, usually you lose against an incumbent president. Uh, that's the way it works in this country. Again, Biden beat Trump. But remember, Biden was a different, Biden was vice president. So he wasn't a senator, a congressman, or a new guy coming out to be president. Biden did run for president two times prior. So Biden, in a sense, was a president running against the president, whether it was vice president, president. And Trump didn't have any political background before then, and he became president. So it was an interesting fight last time. DeSantos running against Biden, I think, would be an issue. Sure, we love him as the Republicans love him, but I don't think Democrats would come out across the nation to vote for him. And a Republican president does need Democrats to come vote for him. So um, I want to see Trump in Trump. 2024. <laughs> but again, again, the beautiful thing about Trump is 2024 would be only four years for him to be there. He's still young enough to be president and make it to his 80th birthday and retire. Um, I think he's competent. I think he's healthy. And if he feels he's not, he would walk away. Um, I think it would be that would be a fun election. And I, the only reason why I want it is because with Trump and Biden running, the rest of the country will be left alone for the vaccines and for the, I mean, they actually would back off. They wouldn't, they wouldn't really be bothering us as much. They would still be in place, but they'd leave us alone. And that's all I want, to leave us alone. <laughs> well said, well said. Um, yeah, fascinating stuff. I've, I'm more of a DeSantis person. I mean, I don't like Trump personally. Um, I've... Can I tell you a story, Rory? Yeah, yeah, sure. I tell this story to a lot of uh, young people. Um, I went to uh, somebody, when, when somebody passes away in the Jewish religion, we go and we mourn for them. Uh, you sit in, in mourning for the person that died, and people come visit you. And um, my father passed away, and before he passed away, I told this story to a lot of people at, when I was sitting in mourning. And the uh, story is simple. 
there was a two gentlemen by the do we have a few moments or are we gonna be yeah, no, no, up no, 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 it's good it's good yeah there going. was two gentlemen by the name of mr epstein and mr friedman they were two best friends in the time of the world war ii the ghetto and mr friedman had a family a wife a daughter a son mr epstein didn't have anybody and when the Germans came, they locked up all the Jews in a ghetto. A ghetto is a small enclosed area and they shoved people in there and they shoved more. Like there would be five families, seven families living in a one bedroom apartment above one another on the floor. It was terrible. Mr. Epstein became a capo. A capo means is he was a Jew who switched sides. He wasn't a German, the Germans were gonna kill him anyways, but he helped the Germans be a police over the Jews. And some of the capos were even worse and nastier than the Germans to the Jews during the uh, uh, time of, of World War II. One day, Mr. Friedman was walking with his wife, his daughter, and his son in the, uh, in the ghetto in the street. And they bumped into Mr. Epstein with two Nazi soldiers. And they stopped Epstein and his wife and kids and started pushing him around, making fun of the Jew. One of the Germans whipped out a gun and shot Mr. Ep Mr. Friedman's wife right there on the street. Mr. Friedman started to scream and cry. The next German took out a gun and shot Mr. Friedman's daughter. Mr. Friedman didn't know what to do. They took out their guns and they pointed it to the little boy and Mr. Epstein grabbed his stick, the Jew, and started to beat Mr. Friedman. Beat him, beat him, beat him. Beat him till he was dead and blood running in the street. Right before the Germans were going to kill the little boy, Mr. Epstein said, listen, too many of the Jews are going to riot now. It's only three of us. Let me take the kid into the woods and I'll kill him and it'll be over with. The Germans laughed. They went on their way and Mr. Epstein took the little child into the woods. And my father tells me the story ends there before he passed away. I then heard part two of the story that my father told me he witnessed personally. My father said that Mr. Friedman did survive the war. He did survive. And somehow he made it to New York City, where I live in Borough Park, Brooklyn. He became an a, a, a usher, that we call it something different, uh, a sexton in our synagogues. And he helped out. He got himself a job. He never remarried. He, he, he lost his family. And he went in the synagogue and helped out a lot on the Sabbath. We have a rule when you come to our synagogues on the Sabbath that um, when you are a guest, we give you a prayer, a special prayer. And on one particular Sabbath, there was like three or four guests in the synagogue, 200 people, 200 women, 200. There was a guest, and the head sexton called this guy up. And as Mr. Friedman stood in the front of the synagogue, he recognized the person walking down the aisle. And as he got closer... They called out the man's name, and Mr. Friedman was like in shock, turned white. As the man came up to say the prayer, he recognized the voice, and Mr. Friedman started to scream, murder, murder. And he was crying, screaming. The entire synagogue was silent, 400 people. Mr. Friedman was screaming, you killed my children, you killed my wife. And Mr. Epstein, who it was, couldn't believe it. He grabbed Mr. Friedman. He says, I can't believe you survived. He says, what do you mean? You beat me, you killed me, you killed my family. Mr. Epstein said, no, they killed your wife and daughter. 
I was put in there as a spy by one of the leaders of our community. They said to come back with information, so I made believe I helped the Germans. I was there to save anybody. When they came and killed your wife and child, there was nothing I could do. You were next, so I figured I beat you, I grab your kid and I run. He says, I took your kid into the woods and I kept running and running. And he points to the back of the synagogue and he shows him, he says, that's your son who's alive. And as the son came rushing to the father, the whole synagogue danced. And my father told me, he looked up in the heavens and he saw the angels dancing with us. Mr. Epstein saved one soul, whatever it took him to do it. This is what our life is about. Saving one another, whether it's a little thing, it's a big thing, doing good. I don't know if this story inspired you, but inspired me. And I tell it a lot to young kids who get married or at their bar mitzvahs or at their certain events. Your life is starting now. You have an opportunity to change other people's lives. You have 50 years ahead of you to do good. I don't know if I have that many more years, but I know that when I look back over the last 35 years of my doing community service, I think I've done some good. Not always was I successful. Gori, you guys are looking to have a good time. You're looking for fun. If we do that all the time, we're never going to make this world better. We have people that created television, radios, internet, telephones. You know, India used to be starving, people dying on the streets. A guy figured out a way how to make wheat left and right. That's a guy who's our hero. People that have gone into space that are figuring out a way that God forbid we need to go to another planet. We're working on it now, not tomorrow. We're planning for tomorrow. But you know, our planet is not overpopulated. We have so much room, so much place, no problem to share it. But sometimes we're jealous of one another. I'm not jealous. I hope you become successful. I hope you become great and popular. I hope you, you know, anybody does whatever they want. And if they don't want me anymore, that's fine. I did it because I felt it's time to stand up. And if I become popular and make some money on the side, that's good. <laughs> My wife could use it. We're broke. That's what we do, Rory. And I want your listeners, your friends, your family. America is not a joke. Maybe you guys think it is. I love this land. I was born and bred. My father came from the concentration camps. I'm, I love Canada. I love England. I, I've traveled the world when I was younger. I saw freedom sometimes at its best. I saw freedom at its worst when we mistreat others and poor. I've been to certain countries that are socialist, terrible. And people living in squalor and people living like great. I'm not saying everybody has to be equal or share the wealth, but try to do something of good. And you will see that it always comes back to you. Well, yeah, I talk a lot. Did you uh, like it's that amazing. Story? It's amazing. Best, it's the best story I've ever heard in my life, ever. <laughs> that was just crazy story. I mean,. It's a true story. My father swears he saw the angels dancing. He saw the angels dancing. I wish I could see that. If any time in my life I could just see that, that would, of, of dancing that I did something, wow. I know it happens. My father said it's true and I believe the man. And he was a survivor of the war with numbers on his hands. So it is true. Maybe he was in the moment. Maybe he was 
I don't know, you, you, you know, the, 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 the excitement maybe got him to the point of maybe seeing things I don't believe so. We are possible to do good. I could keep going on and on, Rory, about so many different things. Uh, uh, will politics, myself. Um, we need, and I'm not here to preach to you. I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself, and I do that every day. Change, we always say in every election, if you noticed, change, change is coming. I'm the guy to do the change. The future is now the best to come. Everybody's changes. We need a change. Why do we need a change? Why can't we do it right now? Why can't we do it right the first time? I tell it to my employees. I, I'm not the best expediter. I'm not the best architectural firm. I've hired very good people around me and trained them. And when it goes around, by the time it gets back to me, then all my people have checked and rechecked it. And when I get out there, I look real good. People think I'm the best, but it's not me. It's the people around me, the people that I bring in, the people that we teach, the people that we help that make us better. America is great because of all the, all the stuff that the people do when we work together. And when we don't, we fall apart. Cuomo tried to do it himself and he fell apart. Uh, de Blasio hurt us. I don't know. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I myself don't know where I'm going tomorrow. But my dream, if you want to talk about the future, is that I don't need one world. It's crazy thinking that one world, one government controls the world. I want us to live. In like when, when I was growing up, we say the world is a smaller place because it used to take months to take a ship days to drive across our country day what years to drive across the country today we can do it in three four five hours travel to other nations in six hours when they used to take years i want us to be a smaller planet where we can all be neighbors and friends not to be ruled by one guy that is bad you know the illuminati the masons the church the synagogues no in the jewish religion we have a lot of different sects that are identical to the other ones they just have different leaders, different spiritual guides. And that's what our leaders are. The president is only a guide. The mayor is a guide. He's not the leader. Yeah, we call him the leader, but he's really a guide who's the, who knows how to uh, uh, manipulate or, or able to dodge the red tape and teach us how to get to the finish line. That's all he is. He's a guide. Don't think for a moment he has a right to lead us. Even the rabbis, the priests, the monks, the, mom, the, the imams, they are spiritual guides. When they think they're ready, they're above us and better than us, that is zero. And I never considered myself better and, and above. And if somebody needs guidance, I'll give it to them. And if they don't, that's good. Amazing, amazing um, words of wisdom again there. Um, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure um, this podcast like it was incredible when i messaged you to do this i was like I've, I've i was gobsmacked you actually wanted to um and i would love to see you back on uh Temple's show is there any chance you're going to be getting back on to text and email him i guess he needs a lot of people to ask him to get me back on uh but right now i guess i'm not that popular or the big news of the day but i'd love to be on his show 
uh, I didn't tell this story on his show. I wish I would have. Mm. I love to get on his show because he's got a lot of viewership and a lot of people that I've bumped into doing the many different uh, events I've gone to. And he uh, he inspired. He, 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 I mean, people make me feel good when they come over to me. Yesterday, I had a, a, a young Asian man from Jersey who met me at the uh, at the uh, protest. And he didn't want to be on film. He just kept hugging me and saying, you inspired me and I'm doing good and I'm helping others. From what? A video I made? And he was just so happy to meet me. And wow. I, I'm not really an important person. And uh, I was just, if I'm able to do that, I'm pleased. And I'd love to get back at Tim Pool because I think he's inspirational at what he does. And I think he would be able to let me get my message out because I think I have a good message. I think that uh, I believe in my message. And I believe that honor, honor, above all, you know, you can mess up. I make mistakes every day. I don't lie. I don't steal this. You don't lie. I fib, but I don't lie. I, I, I try my best not to make lies and, 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 and steal. I make mistakes. Maybe I miscalculated. I, I didn't pay enough money. I, 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 I didn't put enough money in the account. Everybody does that. But, um, I try my best never to lie, never to tell fibs, and we'll see what happens. And that's the best, again, the best we can do, and sometimes the best we can do really is great. <laughs> well well said. I would I would absolutely love to see you on... Um, I see a lot of beer show. in the corner over there. I yeah, see a lot of beer over there. There are a few crates and bottles. That's actually... From, that's not, yeah. it's it's, not good. In New York, that's bad. Really? That's bad. Drinking is bad. I hate <laughs> drinking. I hate drugs. Let me clear that. Let me end your show with this. Are we ending now? Um, so here's my point. I, I, Rory, I hate drugs. Marijuana is a bad drug. It leads to other stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's not a real drug. Listen to me. If you need to hallucinate, if you need to wake up the next day weak, because no matter what you're going to tell me, marijuana does still weaken you the next day. I have to wake up 4.30 every morning. Um, six o'clock every day I'm in the hospital six thirty helping somebody. I can't be tired or stoned. Nine o'clock I'm at work, look at me. I'm putting in my already eight, ten hours, and I'm still not finished. I have tonight the youth center, uh Anna wedding, uh Wednesday night my show, Thursday the soup kitchens. We must be busy. And I'm always stoned or partly stoned. You cannot continue doing it. Just imagine what drugs do to 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 a, a kid's mind. A grown-up's mind is even worse because he has to be responsible the next day. And if you don't show up a day or two, three for work, either you'll get fired or you won't bring home enough paychecks. And if you're very rich, I still think drugs are no good. I hate drugs from marijuana to heroin to cocaine. Drinking, I can't stop you. But if you can do it in moderation, I don't drink in my house. We let, I have a lot what of about the same house, with weed? What about the same with weed? Moderation. What? What? Well, like you weed? say, you say alcohol moderation, right? Um, what about like weed moderation as well? Beer does not affect you if you drink it very small. Marijuana, the second you take that toke, it does inflict something in your in your brain. No matter what you want to tell me, I, on the other hand, when I take a little shot of whiskey or beer, I do get affected because I don't drink. And every once in a while, I do take a shot at a, an event or cheers at a, at a wedding or a bris, and it affects me. So maybe I'll get used to it, but I don't want to. And I don't like not being in control. 
So again, if you want to drink a beer all the time for the taste and enjoyment, like I like a hot chocolate or a Diet Coke, mm. it's cool. Marijuana could never not affect you. Maybe if you smoke a lot of it, but that's a bad thing. Be on your tippy toes, babies. Because if you are, you could conquer the world. You can climb that mountain, get over the highest peak. Look at me. I'm a regular guy. I've traveled to Rio de Janeiro for carnival. <laughs> I've been to Spain for the running of the bulls. I wanted to run with the bulls, but I was oh. too fat. They wouldn't let me. <laughs> uh, uh, I was in the Louvre. I was in England and the Wax Museum. I, I tried to get in to see the Queen, but they didn't let me. Uh, I was in Canada. I was by Niagara Falls. I saw a miracle of God, Niagara Falls. I've been to California. I've been to New York skiing. and I've been to Switzerland in summer, skiing on the Alps. A regular guy that's been able to get around. I've been to the Holy Land of Israel. And I used to drive through the Palestinian Arab neighborhoods as if they're my friends. A Jew with a yarmulke and had no issues. Been through the borders of Lebanon not killed, depends on how you act and how you want to think. Go in with an attitude of hate and fight, you'll get killed. Go in with love, you're right. Sometimes even love doesn't have help. Try, and you can conquer. I don't know, I've been through so much and I believe I've conquered. And Am I ready to stop? No, not because I don't have enough. I have more than enough myself. I believe I don't have enough in my account when I stand before the Holy Maker and tell him that I did the right thing. Wow. Wise, wise words. Um, where can people catch you if they want to, you know, contact you? You can go to, I, you have to type it in, but I don't know if I can type it about you, but it's called Just Enough Heshy, J-U-S-T-E-N-O-U-G-H-H-E-S-H-Y, uh, at, uh, I guess, at, I don't know, at YouTube. You know, you, you, you just, it's like that. You have YouTube, you have Facebook, you have my Twitter, uh, we have Instagram. Uh, what else do we have? Also, my name is spelled Heshi or uh, Harold. I don't know how I'm there. Tishler, uh, putting it in for you. You see it? Does it pop up? Uh, no, uh, I can't see it. But I'll link it. I'll link everything. You'll link it. Yeah. You have Google. Uh, you have Google. Uh, you have uh, again. And my email. You can always email me, and I can always send you my day, my daily or weekly links, and put you on WhatsApp. Um, that's it. You could uh, WhatsApp me. Uh, they WhatsApp me from England, from Australia, from Israel, and I send out my daily two, three minute videos and tell you stuff so you can watch me act crazy, run around and scream and have a good laugh and and have a good time with me and enjoy me and my family and and maybe uh, I'll enjoy you or you can send me messages of jokes. I'm running out of jokes. Making fun of Linda is hard. <laughs> well, That's my wife. Well, it's been amazing having you here. Um, it's been an incredible, incredible podcast. I hope anyone who sees this, you know, share it with your friend who needs to needs some words of encouragement, advice. You got a friend who drinks too much. You got a friend who, I know, smokes too much. Whatever, you know, send it to that person because you know if they listen to this, that could you know change their life. And also check out Heshi, you know, on Instagram, on YouTube. Link in description. Or if you're listening on Spotify or whatever, um, it'll be in the show notes description. So you can just go click on that and it'll take you to his page. But anyway, Heshi, thank you so much for, thank you so much for joining us. Google me when they Google Heshi Tischler. Try not to uh, judge me too badly because they write some bad things about me.
Yeah, they do. I was reading a lot of them today. It was like, far right, Heshi Tisha. <laughs> it's crazy, the stuff. Thank you, baby boy. You be so, good. <laughs> when you come to New York after the pandemic, remember, I'm cooking you a meal. Quality. Yeah, I'll I'll be up for that. Hope If I can get in somehow with not being vaccinated. But, um, but yeah. Um, yeah, thanks so much for everyone who's watching. You know, like if you're watching on YouTube, rate the show if you're watching on Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker, Stitcher, whatever platform. Thanks so much for watching. And anyway, it's a bye from me and Heshi. <laughs> bye, guys. Anytime you want me. Be good, baby. <laughs>